OBS. And we are, come on OBS, okay. Recording with Miss Kim Witzak. And I always do this where if I start talking to a guest beforehand and, you know, we're talking and we're vibing and then they'll start talking and then I always so rudely, like a guillotine, just try, I'll go, shut up, let's start recording. And the guest is always like, oh, okay. And so I'm always just, it's just like, shut up, now we're recording. It's like, I always, it's the most rude thing, but I always do it and I'll probably never stop. But we were just talking about, I was telling her, and obviously I'm very open about all this shit. Terrible anxiety attack yesterday, canceled three shows, laid in bed for nine hours and finally got up, meditated, showered, went to bed. Today's a new day, whatever. It's a whole thing. And I was telling you and I was saying it's because I'm comfortable. I know you're familiar with this. And you started to say these are the discussions that matter. And I wanted to insert. They they do. I, I, I texted a friend at like midnight and I was just like. Do you ever just have days where there's not even a reason for it and you're stuck in bed? And she was like, oh, my God, all the time. And I was like, OK, I'm not crazy or I am crazy, but we're all crazy. And you go, OK, mm -hmm. so you were just saying, let's just continue from there. Right. Well, first of all, I love the fact that you were saying I'm telling you something personal or vulnerable and what whatnot. But in my mind, these are the conversations that actually do matter in in life and in the world. And I think we're afraid to have these conversations, but if we actually did have these, I bet you would find that everybody has some form of an anxiety or depression or imposter syndrome or something where they feel like they're not being authentic. And we feel like we have to hide or be or not tell anybody or share with somebody and thinking it's yourself. And, you know, I've been doing, obviously, psychiatry was never uh, my world until I got thrown into this world after Woody was given an antidepressant. But I, you know, that's almost 20 years ago this August. So I've thought a lot about it. That pill will never make and take away what you were dealing with, which was just anxiety of like life right because i asked if there was anything that was going on you're like no like life's actually good but we get so caught up we get so caught up with like chasing the story and then it becomes like yeah it's like it is it's so true it's like a, a cyclone then you're like oh my god and yeah, i didn't and i didn't respond to this and then i didn't respond to this and like oh my god i'm not this and then it becomes like this deep circle and so anyways i just wanted to say that I think if we were honest, and you know, I also think about, I have a really good friend that I've gotten to know in all my work, and he deals a lot with men, and it's a peer support group that he started after um, he tried to actually take his own life, and his baby woke him up um, out of his stupor before he took his own life, and that was when she was, like, I mean, she was a baby, and now yeah. she's 20, but he... He started a peer group and it's called Face It, Face It Foundation. He's got his um, master in, in this social work and the space, but he had his own story and journey. And he realized that he was taking these medications and half of it was that he was trying to, he didn't have conversations or to have this ability to have this honest conversation with people without being judged. And you know, I think a lot of women, by just women being women, we tend, we tend to like maybe share a little bit more where men 
kind of keep it in and there's all the societal rules like you should be this you should be that you don't want to share show that you're weak that might be weak and so then that or that might have been the story that you heard as a kid and so you don't talk and so his organization face it is really for men only and he has groups um, around the country and it's an opportunity to just like be super honest and he'll call them he'll call guys on their shit right he's like and then that's the whole idea of face it, dude. Yeah. And he was talking once about somebody that uh, tried to take his own life. And then he realized, and he goes, and he was on all kinds of meds. Turns out he never was honest with his wife that he lost his job. He wasn't going anywhere and he was leaving the house, but couldn't tell his wife that he lost his job. And that had been like four months, mm. right? And so he's like, what is that all about? And imagine he was like all the, you know, so it, really comes back to this idea of facing it and being honest. And that's why I loved when um, you so rudely shut me off to like start recording. Just kidding. Uh, but you were just saying something. I'm like, no, no, this is actually, Tommy, these are the stories. These are the conversations that we have to have. And it doesn't mean we're weak. It means that we are humans. Hmm. There's, uh, yeah, I mean, like with this podcast, I always just, quote unquote, turn it on. You know, it doesn't matter what day you're having. You, The guest comes on the screen, you're live, turn it on. You just have to turn it on, which is good. You know, you got to kind of keep calm, carry on or whatever. But then there's also like, yeah, man, it, it isn't good to just pretend everything's okay. And then there is, yeah, there's the, you know, there's the masculine ideal of, you know, and both things can go to extremes, right? You know, my mom was a wonderful, is a wonderful caretaker. She was a nurse, had four boys, stopped being a nurse, and like a week after the last one went to college without missing a beach, went and got recertified and became a nurse. But she was a stay-at-home mom and took care of us wonderfully. That doesn't mean you go to the extremes of like 1950s, you beat your wife if she leaves the kitchen. On the other right. end, you have the strong masculine father figure. My dad traveled a lot you know, pretty much worked himself to the bone and that is good. And when shit hits the family, losing a brother to suicide, you need that anchor. You need that sort of boulder that you can break down. Your brothers can break down. Your mom can break down. Dad's sort of the immutable, unmovable object. But even that goes to a degree of... Once it kind of passes, and you know, it's been almost a decade since I lost my brother, it's okay for my dad to maybe open up a little more and be like, yeah, that fucked me up. And mm -hmm. again, the extremes. You don't want the 1950s stay in the kitchen, but at the same time, my mom was a in a more feminine, traditional role. Same thing with my dad. So my point of saying all of that is like, there's nothing wrong with the sort of masculine idea of being the man, but... To a degree, you also, you, sometimes you got to go, yeah, man, I'm just having a fucking, and you said it perfectly, the anxiety of being human. It wasn't, the podcast is working, I'm making money, I'm saving money, I'm losing weight, I'm reading more books than ever, I moved up to New England, I'm closer to my family, closer to God, I'm, everything's great. Why am I so anxious? 
well, I mean, yesterday was literally just like, what am I? Why am I here? What the fuck is Earth? Why am I a human? What are whales? Yeah. What are clouds? <laughs> what is existence? What is time? I'm, I'm on a rock going around a sun and no one knows how it started and there used to be dinosaurs and now there, and there's a moon and there's aliens. And what, and what the fuck is the internet? And I'm just doing this and I have these weird thumbs and I have to drink water and eat food and I have to go to sleep. What the fuck is sleep? I just close my eyes and disappear for a couple hours and sometimes I have a nightmare. Oh, what is reality? Holy shit, gravity. I'm on the fifth floor. What if this building and, and then you just finally go kind of cold bucket of water on your face and go you dog you gotta get a grip you just and that took nine hours this wasn't like i just said all that in 30 seconds it took nine hours to finally you're like and then you text a friend you go i'm losing my fucking mind and your friend's like yeah i lose it every day and then yeah. then you start to feel better i was gonna say just so you know it's not male or female i have those same kind of days i'm like lose it where i'm just like why am i even like what is you know what is this like do i even like this like why am i doing this like i've been doing this for whatever is it why am i doing this nobody cares like and i go in that spiral what is life why am i working why am i yeah like what is life right and then you also and then there's sometimes you're like okay you know what instead of you trying to even why don't you just just surrender to this yeah. today and tomorrow's a new day and just you're maybe you just go to bed I mean you were up till one in the morning but for me sometimes it's been like eight o'clock at night and I'm like you know what here's the deal just go to bed <sighs> and we're gonna like just start all over tomorrow because I can't undo what has already been going on all day so I've, I you know, sometimes I try to like really break down life into like what is it as at its most fundamental core and i was thinking the other night i was like i'm pretty sure life is just you go to bed every night and tell yourself that tomorrow will be better and you wake up every morning and tell yourself we can do this and then i think you just do that for eight decades <laughs> I was trying to think. and there's other stuff in between you go to school you get married whatever you buy a do- that's all kind of window dressing i was like what is life and i was like it's a series of going to bed and saying tomorrow's going to be better and sometimes yeah. you're crying sometimes you're happy but it's just a series of nights of going okay well it's a soul journey yeah you go we'll get you back know what at it this is? tomorrow like every single thing is part of your like your journey yeah. and it teaches you something and your teaching might have been like what you just came up with you know it doesn't and at the end does it even matter but it only matters if we hold on to it yeah and it only matters if we hold on to it and make it mean something like, oh, I'm weak, which yeah. could have been you could have had that. Um, oh, this means I'm weak. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. That's why I loved our um, the start of our conversation when you were like, oh, I just feel comfortable telling you. I'm like, God, I wish everybody. Uh, you know what? Part of the problem is I do. I can go. I can literally go here really quick with people because it's yeah. also what I feel is what makes us you know i mean obviously if you think about if you're in a leadership role and you have these different roles and and that we play you know i think there's one thing we have our roles that we play or our characters but then it comes back to like this and these honest conversations that are you able to look at yourself in the mirror and i think we've actually maybe talked about this before where i call it the mirror test and uh I don't and think we have. 
Oh, we have. Okay. So I love the mirror test. And it's, you know, regardless of whatever role you have in life and play and you're the CEO, you're the president, you're the mom, you're whatever. At the end of the day, can you still look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself and look at yourself? Not what do I look like? You know, my hair is getting whatever. It's not that. It's like, ask yourself any kind of question. Like if you're, maybe you're not feeling happy. Can you actually ask and look in your eyes and see, because your eye, what's coming back is your soul looking out at you and you can't lie to yourself. Mm. You can try to run, but you can't lie. So I always tell people, I'm like, well, have you ever done the mirror test? What did the mirror test tell you? Because I think a lot of times, even you know, I was um, responding. There's um, somebody that I do have done some podcasts with. He's on, um, we're fans of each other on Twitter. And and we were talking about this idea of like depression and, and he's in the psychiatry, psychology world. And this idea how we've come to the space of just throwing pills at people at, instead of saying, you know, to almost like a lot of times these pills create this, right? Because no one really wants to feel bad, right? Like when you had that, when you had your experience yesterday, wouldn't it be great if like, you know, you didn't feel that way? But life is not actually meant to be, you know, we were never promised. And so this idea and the idea of that we chase for happiness, we chase for to feel good. Life is actually all of it. Life is up and down and I know you've had downs and I've had downs but it's also the up and it's meant to live both and it's and it's a pacing throughout your however many decades if you're lucky to um and to realize that that's all part of the journey because you can't feel up if you don't feel down and you know and 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 yet we have have been told or we start thinking like something's wrong with us but maybe, and this is why, I, this is where I like the, the mirror test of maybe anxiety, maybe depression, maybe sometimes it's telling you something of what's not, like sometimes it's what's not working in your life and what is working in your life. And maybe it's something you're afraid of. Maybe you self-sabotage because it's an old behavior that you have to look at of when things are going well, I start getting into this, like maybe there's a time, you know, I always say like when, um, it could be, you know, self-sabotage is something too, right? Where when things are great, all of a sudden you're like, why am I feeling bad? Like, then you start looking and is there a pattern? And then it's, it, I just feel like everything is an opportunity to look a little deeper uh, and do the mirror test. Yeah, the self-sabotage is an interesting one because, yeah, things start going well and you start to almost get a little a little suspicious like I have like a really cool apartment like the podcast is growing I'm getting in better shape I'm getting more defined mm -hmm. I'm making money and I kind of look around and I'm like what's the catch and yeah. then with sabotage is what sabotage is is it certainty if I fuck this up I cancel all my shows, get drunk tonight, make an ass of myself. I'll be at the bottom. But I know what the bottom is. And it, the bottom sucks, but I know what the bottom is. You know, it's raining outside. But if I looked at my weather app and I knew it was going to rain tomorrow, 
the rain still sucks, but it also doesn't because you know it's going to suck, and there's certainty in that. There's uncertainty in life going well, and you get everything you want. You go, um, you know, every once in a while, I have to, for me, my mirror test is daily meditation, and I have to slow mm-hmm. down and be like, I couldn't have dreamed of this shit two years ago. And now it's just like, yeah, whatever. I got a podcast. I'm going to talk to Dr. Malone today, whatever. Yeah, it's going to get 10,000 views. Yeah, it does it all the time. And it's like, wait, what? What do you mean it's going to? In 2020, I think I made $9 on the podcast. This year, I think I've made like 10 grand. And I'm yeah. like, that, what? And I'm just like, yeah, but it's still not enough. And I'm. And then you go, well, if I fucked it all up, and I had to go start seeing a therapist again. You're comfortable with that. Anthony Kiedis, the lead singer of Red Hot Chili Peppers, said in his book Scar Tissue that you can start to get addicted to sobering up because there's a cathartic when you wake up in a hospital and your family's around you and you go, um, you grab your wife's hand, you go, um, I'm okay, I'm changing, I'm changing, I'm changing everything, I'm going to therapy, you're right, I'm fucking, you know, I'm going to get blood tests every day. You can tell if I'm doing drugs. I'm changing it all. And then you cry and you hold each other. And then, you know, a couple months later, you're doing morphine again or shooting meth. And you end up in, you know, you go to, you go to recovery. And he's rich as fuck. So, you know, he go to like whatever, Hawaii. But babe, we're starting again. This is a new me. You can start getting addicted to the recovery and sobriety itself because yeah. it's predictable. And... Yeah. You know, maybe that's where, maybe that's where this came from, is things are going so well. Maybe yes. that's what yesterday was. Because I told you, I was like, what's the, normally yeah. it comes from problems. It's like, I'm anxious. It's like, well, you're 30 and you live above your parents' garage. Maybe you feel like a loser. And you're like, maybe yeah. I do feel like a loser. Like, But now it's like, where's this anxiety coming from? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. everything you've ever wanted is kind of coming true. That's terrifying. Yeah, well, and it's the uncertainty, right? Like, yes. I, I What's think next? there's something, but see, these are the um, honest conversations. Even like when you look at what's happening in the world, right? Like uncertainty, or like there's, we all want, there's something about certainty, even if it's certainty and it's not good, right? Like, or there's certainty. Jail. Of, the people you know, that I get stayed, anxiety attacks when they leave jail. Right. I stayed in a relationship after Woody died for way too long because I was afraid of being alone because I had never done that before. I But even though I wasn't happy, I knew what that was. You know, I knew what that that felt like. And so there is something about the unknown is scarier for a lot of people. And there is something about unknown, uncertainty. But that actually is where I think that we have to, you know, it's the shift in mind where all all things are possible in the unknown. All things are, that's what's the, I mean, so that's a shift in, um, in, a, in a, uh, a thought that you can hold on to is actually all possibilities exist only in the unknown. Like, th- because you can't, like, you think can't, about it. You the, can't know the unknown. You don't know the unknown. So, like, but we tend to always go, like, or the negative or whatever, but, like, Literally, all possibilities only exist in the unknown. So, so why not embrace the uh, the uncertainty or the unknown, right? And but that is something again 
going back to the beginning of our conversation, these are just elements of being human. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's probably what, these are the kind of comments and or thoughts that I have that keep me up, right? Yeah. Because these are the things I love to, to think about, but you know, it just sometimes means less sleep. Yeah, no, the unknown. I had on an author in December and sorry, I'm itching my ear. And I was talking about how I'd, I don't know how the podcast is going to succeed every six months to about every year. I look back and I go, I can't believe that happened. And then, but not only once, like between, so the show started December 12th, 2019 by December 12th, 2020, I was like, what a wild ride. And then by December 12th, 2021, I was like, dude, that second year was kind of crazy too. And then by this last December, I was like, this ride is like speeding up in like a good way. Like it's kind of getting a little fucking, this is cool. And now here I am in June, 2023. And the first six months of this year have been podcast has grown. But last December when I was talking to this author, she kind of said what you just said. And she was like, well, you can't know all the possibilities. You can't, she's like, well, by definition, you can't conjure up what could happen. If you think of it, it is therefore no longer one of the unknown possibilities. She's like, it can just happen. And I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. I guess you're right. And then like a couple weeks later, I got like an email from someone at Rumble that was like, hey, we're reaching out to like budding podcasters. Like we'd like to help you out. And like they showed me how to live stream and they start like pushing my stuff. And like my average views per video have literally gone up like two or 3000 percent. I could have never in a million years guessed yep. that some guy would email me out of the blue and she'd be like hey tommy how do i help your show i work at rumble like what right. yeah and exactly like was it even remotely i have to tell you a funny story because it's <sighs> you can't like those are the things because you because then all of a sudden it becomes i mean there's this idea of like goal setting and but then there's also the magic the of magic always the just goes yeah yeah no, no, no. always we're gonna get you to your goal it it's a goal yeah. sorry to interrupt it's a goal and you go i'm driving on this highway the magic is the GPS that goes, no, fuck that highway. Take a right here. And you go, yeah. why am I taking a right here? And it goes, just trust me. You're going to get there. And then you get there and you go, that was magic. Yeah, totally. I to I so it's the same thing. So I had something and I know that um, our conversation is different than like, obviously we took it off of a, we always do this. Yeah, Tommy. It just, goes way um, it just wherever. I love it. Um, so uh, in 2020, I had 2019, I was all set to move. You know, I was selling my place. I was going to spend half my time in LA, half here in Minneapolis. And so my condo, I had a pretty big condo and it sold, started 2020, sold. But on the 10th day of the last day, she backed out. And then, you know, um, and meanwhile, I bought another place. So I'm like, what? And so that was start of 2020. Then we all know what happened in 2020, the COVID and, and everybody locked down. And so I'm like, oh, I wasn't going to California. So then I ended up saying, I'm going to stay in my bigger place because I had a lot more space because I who, who knew how long we were going to be locked up. So in the meantime, I'm trying to sell the place that I'm in now. I had two offers. And both of them backed out because of the George Floyd um, riots that happened right downtown. Oh, yeah. And so both of those backed out. Now I'm like, what the? And then finally, I don't know what it was. I just, like, because I was trying everything, Tammy. I was trying everything in my own, like, how I knew how to do something. I was like, I'm going to keep dropping it $25,000. I'm going to, you know, like, I don't care. I'm going to just take a loss. And, um, and just to get rid of it so I didn't have two places in a city that I really didn't want to be in. Uh, 
at least, you know, I mean, that was the whole point, a mile apart, right? And all of a sudden, I was like, finally, there was something in me that said, you know, just you have to surrender to this and know that it will be okay. Like, I don't know what it's going to look like, and we'll just consider this. And I kind of surrendered to the idea that it was going to be a year of loss, right? And meaning that I'm all right to take the financial hit, whatnot. Uh, out of the blue, out of the blue, it's August 6th, the anniversary of my husband's death. And I get a call from my realtor. She's like, um, I have somebody that wants to see your condo. I'm like, uh, you've got the, I'm thinking it's the one that's on the market, right? She goes, um, she goes, no, you're, I go, well, you've got the box. And she goes, no, your condo. I go, the one I'm living in right now? And she said, yes. And I go, uh, sure, whatever. You know, I'm, it was like as flippant as they could get because I'm like, oh, I've heard this story before. They came in and literally the next day I had an offer and it was exactly what I wanted. I, and by the end of 2020, I moved. And so the start of 2020, I had, I thought it was moving and then it didn't. And then at the end I did, but out of the blue, like I could never in a million trillion trillion years think somebody's going to randomly say, Hey, I want to come see your condo. I want to buy it. It wasn't even on the market. Like it wouldn't have even been in remotely one of the possibilities that I would have ever. And I think it was given to me as a reminder that this is how life works, the magic and, and to be a reminder when I'm still, you know, and like, even when you're talking about that with um, what you were just telling the story is that those are reminders that I think we're given as gifts to when we do get into that space again, to go back and, and sit and go, wait, that was actually the reminder that it happens, the magic happens in the unknown. And so when you get afraid of the unknown, Kim, and I'm talking to myself, when you get afraid of the unknown or where it's going to go or the uncertainty, remember the magic actually lives there. And there are things that you can't even in a minute, something could totally change on, in your life. Phone call, somebody wants to partner up with you on a project, uh, you know, something completely changes the trajectory of your life. And it, it is in that one moment of the unknown, like that we have to be open to it and not be afraid of it. And so that is my reminder. And I have to remind myself of that all the time. Uh, but it is something that I was like given a huge gift. I mean, who could have ever in a million years imagined that? I mean, I, mean, I still to this day when I think about it, it is the craziest story. I mean, <clears throat> I've told this story starting the podcast, and I was living above my parents' garage. At that point, I'd been living with them five years. Not to make it sound like it was some bad thing. They have a nice house. My parents are well-to-do. I moved home in 2016 because I was suicidal, and I was living with them for five years, and my parents were getting ready to retire. And, you know, it had moved from me being suicidal to... I was getting better and you know by now it's like it had been enough time that i was like all right you know it's time for you to you know move out my parents were married with their own house by 27 and i'm 30 <laughs> you know and i'm doing this podcast and working at a liquor store and i'm like if i get to a thousand subscribers on youtube i'll get monetized and i look back at that and i'm like you fucking idiot <laughs> you're a white guy talking about vaccine deaths like they're no i was target number one they blew me off but I was like, I just, I have to make this thing work. 
And again, you have the goal. What is the goal? You have to break down the very core goal. The core goal is I'm doing this podcast and I want it to make enough money to be able to pay for an apartment so I can move out of my parents' house. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you have an idea of how it's going to work. It's going to get monetized on YouTube and I'm going to have ads for Skechers or some shit. Well, no, they're not. That's not going to happen. Some dude emails me and goes, I love your podcast. I actually live like an hour from you. Uh, I'd love to sponsor you because I know you say you're living with your parents and that's why you can only do, because I would do one episode a day and I'd literally, I used to finish podcasts by, I'd have my, my, my Westo Ocean City bottle shop shirt on. I'd be like, I got to go fucking ID people a decade younger than me. I'll be back. Right. And (laughs) I mean, this literally happened where I was interviewing Rob Manning, the head of the NASA Rover program, the head of it, the guy sending the rovers to Mars. I'd be like, it was an honor talking to you. You're doing brown break, breaking work. I got to go stack cases in Malibu now. Like, I'll see ya. <laughs> and then some guy reaches out to me and it's like, yeah, I wish you'd do more episodes. And I was like, yeah, me too, but I'm making minimum wage. It's like, well, why don't I just kind of, you know, why don't we do a contract where, you know, one day if the show ever explodes, I get a portion of the proceeds. And, um, you know, if it doesn't, we part as friends. And how about I give you three years of uh, living expense? What? Who the what? F- who the fuck are you? <laughs> Yeah, like, I love that. I tell people that, and they're like, people don't believe it. They're like, oh, you're, because people, people have literally, because I interview like Dr. Malone and like bioweapons experts and CIA people, they're like, Tommy works for the government. And then, they're, and then they're like, no, like, how does he make his money? I'm like, well, so some guy emailed me, right? And he asked me how long <laughs> so... it took me to get into medical school. And I told him three years. And he goes, well, it'll probably take three years to turn your podcast successful. So how about we build a, how about we incorporate it as an LLC and I'll pay your living expenses for a couple, nothing lavish. And I'll pay your living expenses for three years. And if it doesn't work, it's not alone. We part as friends. And if it does work, I get 49%. You get 51%. Any, any strings attached? No. Can I put into the contract that you can't tell me who I can and can interview? Yeah, sure. Do we go 50 50 wow. actually, sir, I would like 51% so that, you know, I can have complete control over it. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Just what? who is this guy? Yeah. No more money than God. Huh? Okay, How'd you find my podcast? I, Somebody linked I it on Reddit. What the, f- what the, f- what in the actual fuck? <laughs> yeah. You know what though, Tommy? Just, so here's what I love about that is that it's the, also if you're, there is something about if you're in alignment and living where you're supposed to kind of like what your purpose, whatever it is, yeah. like, you know, if you, I think if you're on the right path and I always say, do doors open or do doors shut? Right. Well, yeah, and sometimes, sorry. Um, and, well, it, right. And so if doors keep opening or you keep getting green lights, you're going the right path. Like, and it doesn't mean you know where it's going. And so it's a reminder to actually there's like that blind kind of like letting it go and not trying to force it. Cause you could never force this guy like randomly sending you like, what? That's, Come on, it, that sounds a, like a, it sounds like a coked like a, out dream. Like, yeah, yeah man, I was thinking that if a billionaire maybe reaches and it's like, that sounds some shit where you tell your friend totally. to like, get off the Coke dude and yeah. get a job. Yeah. Get a job. But like, this happened. Okay, <laughs> no, I know that's even, I mean, Tommy, that's amazing. And that's how I even like think about this. Um, and I've had multiple things like we had, I've had many of these kind of experiences that I never had, or maybe I've always had, but I just never paid attention to them when, until it wasn't until obviously when Wood died that my, you know, life kind of exploded, but it was also, and now I can look at, look back and 
think that during some of those even horrific, horrific points, that it was an opportunity to actually put me on a different course of my life, but also to start being open to seeing things and like, and to understand, you know, does it mean anything? Like, I know some people can't even remotely go in this place and are, but it was the time where I started actually noticing synchronicities mm. in my life and synchronicities were probably always happening, but I was just blindly living life in whatever the way I thought life worked, the way Kim Woodsack was controlling her life. And then when it all blew up, I didn't have the anchors that I had. I didn't even know who I really was, but at the core, I'm still the same person that I was, meaning, you know, what, what I came here to, to do in this world, I guess. And that's when I started noticing synchronicities because I was open. I was open probably because I was destroyed, mm. right? And to the darkest. And so I think there synchronicities, green lights, open doors, uh, and red lights that are telling you, don't like if you keep, yeah. you know, I think about, I mean, how many have I had of those? Trust me, where I'm like trying to like get somebody back when I was a kid trying to like, you want to date me? You want to date me? And yeah. I'm like, knock and knock. And like, yeah. and you're you can't like, force it. you can't force it. And it's like such a good, like when you are doing the, where you're supposed to be going in life, what you're supposed to be doing, things do open for you. And you have to really pay attention to the, closed doors, the red lights, the green lights. And maybe that's just another clue, another clue towards, I mean, you know, like I personally, when you just told me that story, which I've not heard about how that guy out of the blue or not, you know what I mean? Like this is where it gets into like the stuff that keep, which I love to think about, like, or not, like, was there a bigger plan that you don't understand as human and human minds, but that you, that there's some connection that we don't understand and don't necessarily need to try to figure it out, but just kind of go with probably, and be open to it. Probably can't figure it out. No, I don't and think it, you could. Like no, it 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 is, <clears throat> and you know, to anyone that hasn't experienced this, Kim and I sound insane. That's fine because you really. It's not until you experience it, but there are the other yeah, red lights and green lights. Like I moved home in 2016 and I was like, I want to do comedy and like it. And also as an aside, if something doesn't work on the first day, that's not a red light necessarily. Right. So right. it's like, right. and the green lights aren't just a roller coaster. Like I get the quote unquote green lights, the quote unquote magic that happens in like a week. And then I have eight months of just grueling work where it's like, it's like 100%. you get accepted into medical school. You still have to go and, right. and do it all, right? I got accepted, decided not to go, but like, you don't just get in and go. Well, now it's finished. It's like, no, you get in, and it's like, congratulations. No. There's some. I remember reading some article, and it was like, your first year of medical school is you go out and you try you uh you buy an umbrella. The second year is uh is no getting into medical school is buying an umbrella. Your first year you stick it up your ass. Your second year you open the umbrella. The third year you pull out the open umbrella from your ass. The fourth year you go shopping for a bigger umbrella. Cause you're going to residence right. horrible. But, <clears throat> but my point is, is like, you know, when I moved home, I tried comedy and I tried that for like six months. It didn't work. I tried writing. I tried, um, 
I tried to make like my own satirical website, kind of like the Onion or Babylon B. I tried, I tried video editing. I tried, and all these things, six, seven months each. And I would, you know, put the force of God into it. I would just work, and it would just never catch. It was like trying to make a fire in the rain. And some things, you know, and then the the last one I did was graphic design for like two years, and that kind of got a couple sparks, but it just it just wasn't working. I was, you know, I was cranking the whatever the lawnmower, and it just wasn't starting. And then. <clears throat> Starting this podcast, although, you know, still just giving it my blood, sweat, tears, heart, and soul every day, it did very much quicker start to just, and not just family and friends, because family and friends will always be supportive of you. That's a really cool graphic design. People I didn't know were like, dude, this guy's a good interviewer. I mean, he swears too much, and he looks like an idiot, but, like, he's got, you know kind of have some unique takes on things and it just it went faster and faster and faster and you do get the green lights where it's like you're going the right way you're going the right way and it's and it's terrifying because you're reaching out in the dark and you're going where where is it where's the door handle where's the light switch and it sometimes it goes for a month for a year and you're going oh fuck this is this is terrifying and then all of a sudden you you find the door and you open it and you go, oh my god! And you go, we did it, we we did the mm-hmm. thing, the the magic. And then you look back, and it makes so much sense. You go, well, of course this is where it would end up. And then yeah. you look at the next dark room, and you go, oh fuck, that's scary. But you you get confidence, and then it's not just one door. So like the magic with the investor, you know, just the way I would get guests like years later, the guests I sh- that were way out of my league, who I would just get, you know, and it would just kind of keep going and and keep going and. There are also red lights along the way. Like, I was having like multiple panic attacks last year, like from alcohol. I would get drunk and then have like acute withdrawal. And mm-hmm. I remember one day I had one so bad, it lasted for like four days, that I like wrote on my phone like stop, like I'm getting the red light from God. Like, uh, yeah. uh, like pull up, low on gas, engine hot, like. And I was just laying there like four days of like not canceling podcasts, like to the point where my mom was like, do you need me to like drive down there? And I just told myself, I was like, cut it the fuck out. And since that day, I've lost 30 pounds. I moved up to New England. Like, so there are very painful. I know I've been ranting for several minutes, but there are very painful, like red lights along the way. And so it's not all like good magic. Sometimes it's like stop it, stop it, stop it, and then it's just like you smack them on the face, and it's like stop going in that direction, and you go, okay, okay, and then once you start going in the but, right direction again, you know what? I always think it's also like when you were just saying not all because you're right. I mean, but sometimes even like when you were just describing like oh I tried comedy, I tried this, but the reality is all of that is actually part of the tapestry of your life, right? Oh, yeah. The things that didn't work, or then you're like, oh, this all makes sense. So even like with my advocacy, you know, my like I've spent my entire career in advertising. I love advertising. I love creative. I love, you know, some of the things that I did well before my husband died is I helped start an arts um, program that worked with kids um, abused and neglected 
using the power of arts as the means and volunteers, right? And it was called Free Arts Minnesota. And it was an amazing program. And I and it's funny because I look back at one of the stories and it's really what filled me up. And I always feel like I've talked and like spoke out and and was the voice for those who were kind of labeled or marginalized, uh, just like what I'm doing now, you know, speaking out for those who have been harmed by medical products, right? I feel like it's, I'm like, oh, wait, this has all been a teaching ground of what I'm doing here. And as I call it, my tapestry behind, if you were to look at the outside of your life, and then you look at behind the life, all the little strings, you know, if you've ever looked at a needle mm-hmm. point or rug hooking, which you probably didn't, you're too young for that. But, you know, you look and you're like, it all makes sense. And so, you know, I even think back to uh, a situation that I was working with one of the kids. We had just started this organization and I was working with these kids that have all been um, abused, neglected, taken, removed from the homes. They lived in this group home and they lived in a locked hall. They were eight to 12 year olds, right? And there, we had just had a great session with these kids. There were like eight of them. In they lived upstairs, and their staff person's like, "Hey, do you guys want to show the volunteers where you live?" And they're all like, "Yay!" You know, whatever. So we go up and go through the locked hall, and every one of those kids um, stopped by this window and picked up a cup of meds. And I remember. I was like, I looked at their staff. I'm like, oh my God, are they all sick? Like thinking, oh my God, I'm going to get strep throat. That's what I'm thinking. She goes, oh no, this is just their behavior medicine. And I knew nothing about what that meant, behavior medicine. And I remember coming home that night and told my husband about the weirdest thing I had just seen. I go, have you ever heard of behavior medicine? Like, And you know, they were taking antipsychotics and antidepressants that they were given to these kids. And I remember like thinking that was the most insane thing I've ever heard. Well, I'm like, of course they're like acting out because they have seen shit that they should never have seen. They don't live at home. They live in, you know, these um, group homes that are, you know, locked, locked halls from these were eight to 12 year olds. Like you think about when I was a college freshman going and leaving and living on my own for the first time and the anxiety and all Mm -hmm. that. I look back at what they've seen, right? But it was like, oh, this idea of quickly, you know, these pills. So I remember like, you know, telling my husband that that's the most insane thing I've ever had. Well, little did I know a couple of years later, you know, I would be would have would have gotten caught up in this all this like um, psychiatry and, you know, given an antidepressant for insomnia takes his own life. Then I started getting deeper into how that whole system works. And I learned that these group homes and the foster kids got all this, this, the system gave them more money for the kids that were on these medications, right? So I look at, which was never my, which was never my goal. I didn't set out to go do that work, but I was actually really set out. I mean, I loved working with these kids and using the power of art and these kids that, you know, had, had a rough life. And, and I always say two plus two will never equal five. But, you know, it gives them, it's all about how do we find our, like, courage and our, like, who makes us. And so now I remember, um, you know, and I know I'm bringing a lot of my life Mm -hmm. together, but it all makes sense to me. So I was at a, um, trying to raise money for this organization. And I remember one of the kids 
was up there talking about their life and she was and then I was the one that came up and was trying to you know get people to donate you know hundreds of thousands of dollars whatever and I said I looked at this girl and I go do you realize that you're my hero and you know and I got like super emotional at this time Woody had already died but I'm like you have already if you understand the power of all the stuff and the shit you've gone through at this point to realize that this could actually be the thing that like catapults you in your life if you don't let it be make you turn you into a victim right and so and that it just started like merging when i think about all of my work and i go you're mine because you actually if you understand these pain points that we've had um, whether it's, you know, the stuff your whole family's gone through, or even when you're trying to go through med school and you start seeing them and you're like, it, these red, you know, red lights or closed doors are actually parts and can be the, 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 the pieces that actually catapult you and open you up so that when you do get those green lights or those things of synchronicity, it all starts to make sense. And, and, um, so anyways, I, if I actually like unpeel, cause I've been in that space of like, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm always fighting, like, you know, fighting, especially in my um, drug safety work, I am fighting, I'm fighting, you know, like it was the, and I can see why some of your people, like, even when you look, when you start your podcast about the vaccines are like, oh my God, you can't do the vaccines. You're going to, it's like, it's all of these, you know, things. I mean, I've been fighting, trying to get antidepressant warnings, suicide warnings, right? Then it became... And then I see how the system is set up to sell us. And then, of course, you know, I saw how the COVID vaccine, it's all kind of based on the same fear and taking our power away. But then I go back to really when I go back to what motivated or what really drove me were and I saw it with why I love these little kids that I worked with. And maybe it's because I saw myself in the little kids of realizing that we are all powerful. We are all capable of doing things that we've given life happens and we've given away, you know, who we are or what we, and we've allowed society or life um, things that are ha that bad, that are bad that happen to you, like define you. And you're like, wait, it's what if this is just part of the whole thing? And it's our opportunity to, you know, when you said wake up, go up, and all of a sudden it's 80 years. Like maybe it's, this is part of the journey. I don't know. I don't know. Like, no, the whole, but it, yeah, the whole thing, it's just a different, it's, it's just a shift in perspective. And I think it's why, like we're talking about this and it's probably why I'm like, I get so mad when I'm watching the drug companies and everybody trying to tell everybody that they're broken and they need, they need a pill to fix them. And, and why we're like growing the, the antidepressant rates are skyrocketing after the pandemic and people are not taking the, 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 the pause to actually be curious or be willing to be uncomfortable and look in the mirror and ask these questions because it's way easier to, you know, think something's wrong and take a, to take a pill and the companies know how to sell. It's a business, right? Like if you think about it, it's pretty easy to go sell all this because you just have to get into the psyche of what we started out our conversation in the in the beginning, which is like, God, if we would only have these fucking real conversations, 
like what we just did, uh, we'd realize that we all are kind of like, this is part of our experience. And um, I don't know, it's, this was completely a different conversation, Tommy. And I, this is the stuff that actually jazzes me just so you know. Well, it's, well, it's a real conversation, right? It's yeah. not the, it's not the, how about this weather? Yeah, it's something else. No, it's much more realistic when you're like, like you appear on the screen. I go to the restroom and I come back. And I'm like, by the way, I had a panic attack and was glued to my bed for nine hours yesterday. And I thought I was going insane. No, oh. <laughs> like all of a sudden it's, you're talking real to real. It's like, Hey Bob, how are the kids? And you're like, yeah, man, I just can't get over the idea that, you know, I feel like I've been trying to chase happiness for the last 30 years. Is that just what I do till I'm dead? Like, Hey, me too. And all of a sudden it's, you're connected on right. a much more, but you know, like you said about the red lights, like, no, those are as important. They're not fun. They're not fun no, at they all, suck. but <laughs> they, suck. they are as vital to the trip as ever. And it's not only that it's the tapestry. It's, I, I talk the way I write and people yeah. have always told me like they love my writing. Well, now I just talk and it's much easier. The graphic design I did, that's also, that's the, I, I, for the podcast, go into the description, support the podcast. I sell like hoodies. I'll go, I'll grab one right now. Give me one second. Oh yeah. I'm going to see it. Crazy psychedelic shit. Oh yeah, that's cool. Like, wait, is that like a third eye? Yeah, it's. Oh yeah, that's cool. Like crazy. Did you design that? Yeah. Completely yeah. See, all of your graphic design. Yeah, all of this has been part of what you were supposed to be doing to be doing what you're doing right now. But like, I look back at that and I'm like, some of those. I mean. Like eight, the camera doesn't do it. Just like eight K resolution. Like a lot of these design, and I'm looking at like the hoodies right now. That's one of them. I think there's fifteen or twenty of them. Each design is like well over a hundred hours. So like you know, wow. eight hours a day. You're doing it for two weeks, going in and just down with like a a little stylus on an iPad. I mean, oh my god, I have to see. Um, you'll have to send me a link. Yeah, I can just the, yeah, I can well, I can I'll, I'll send you just like the actual portfolio. The J- yeah, when I see, yeah, I want to see it. No, no, yeah, like nice. you pull it up on a desktop and it, it'll melt your eyes. It's it's everything is like perfect. I put so much time into this stuff, and I look back at it now, and I remember starting the podcast and thinking I was like, I can't believe I put so much time into graphic design, and now I'm just like throwing it over my shoulder, and then I was like. You know, most people sell hoodies and it's just like a shitty, like, hey, Bill's podcast. And I was like, well, why not? Why not sell some wild shit? And like, people look at that and they're like, man, who makes your stuff? I'm like, I do. And they're like, what the fuck? And, but I, I look at it now and I look back and I go, I had no idea that for two years, like slaving away at this stuff, that I was you know, kind of like a, like a caterpillar. Like I was building a cocoon. I had no idea what it was. I never in a million years would have guessed that I was spending two years to build a merch store that I could then throw in the description of a podcast. Like amazing. And so then you eventually have to pause and go, what am I building now? 
what do I not know? Mm-hmm. What I'm, I every every night <clears throat> when I lived at home, every night for a couple hours to the end of the day, I would just play video games. That's just what I would do. And you know, I had no friends. I was by myself, so I would just kind of like narrate them and just like make jokes, like a real crazy person. And then like <laughs> you know, starting the podcast, I would still do it in the evening. It's just how I relax. And like a year ago, I was like, why don't I just like. I already do the podcast. Why don't I like record the video games and upload those too? And then I did that for like a year. And then like a couple months ago, I was like, well, why don't I, why don't I make it live? And so like I do that in the evenings and I was like, and I stream it to the, the podcast channel and it's like a live chat and people come in and there's like jokes and shit and we're all playing video games. And like you can do a super chat where, you know, if I make someone laugh, they might throw like five bucks. The video game stream now makes more money than the fucking podcast whoa a lot more money So crazy like not comparable and i'm like (laughs) it was just this like loose thing on the side that i was like and also like if you think about it it was at your like you're like i'm such a loser but i like this is how i chill out whatever like you know i just like i like make up voices when i'm playing and i'm just like make up (laughs) character i make up backstories for characters and shit and that's probably your comedy coming out well that is too people come in and they fucking love it and i mean like Mm -hmm. i have like a, a core group of people and they're always like yeah dude it's magnetic they're like it's just fun and it's just this thing where it's like okay i didn't know what i was doing with with the with the designs and then this, and then setting up a gaming stream. So you kind of have to zoom out and go, well, what a, is this just another, am I, am I confident or cocky enough to say I've reached the end and the podcast is the final construction, or do I have to be humble enough and step back and go, is this a building block? Yeah. Atoms to molecules to cells to tissues to organs to organ systems to humans to to communities, to neighborhoods, to cities, to states, to countries, to worlds, to, and then you start zooming out. And so, yeah, what is this? Do I look back in five years and do I clip this episode and go, yeah. And so I had no idea that this podcast was going to lead to some, you know, now I own farmer Tom's and I produce the best burgers and new, like what the fuck? Like it could just be some wild shit. But see, I love like, that's exactly it. And I think that's a good reminder for like all of us too. Right. So even when I thought, oh, like, I go back to the drug stuff and, I, and, you know, doing the antidepressant stuff and trying to get warnings and I still want to do that, then it, like, led to this and I'm like, I don't even know, like, I would never have chose, like, I don't want to do work on vaccines. But then I don't actually, like, I don't know where all the work will eventually go because I don't think it is, like, this is the ugly side of things that you have to expose, right, in, in my world. But then I was like, but what is it actually that I really care about? It's the kind of conversations we're having right now for people to see in themselves that dark times, I always say the cocoon, um, and I love that you use the butterfly or, you know, the cocoon. All these dark times, like the red door, you know, the red lights, the closed doors, that dark, the darkness, that is where magic is actually happening. We just can't see it. And we have to trust that it is because that's when the like the butterfly only comes from the butterflies don't aren't just beautiful. They like they're just they they've had to be in darkness. Right. And complete darkness. And so you think about like grief and you think about all this stuff that is dark and those and depression and those are darkness. But like where is the growth that can come from it and what is it 
And is everything just kind of a step to, like you said, you know, zooming out if you're playing a computer game or something and seeing that, whoa, this is just all part of a bigger kind of connected universe of just being human and life. And does it at the end, does it even matter when you're all gone? Does it even matter? And that's Nope, it was fun while I was in it, but like, does it even matter? Like when I go back to where I came from, does this even matter? Well, then there's that's like the meta meta theme where you zoom out and you go, is this, am I doing all of this so that I have a better incarnation or that I go to heaven? Or is this nothing? Do you, does this end and you just hit reset? And yeah. so then as important as it is to like work hard and do the right thing, that's also why I will like never stop doing the video game stream because I'm also, I'm hedging my bets. I'm like, this might all be for nothing. In which case, like I got to make sure I have a couple hours of like laughing my ass off and playing video games every night. Yeah, it's and, like if, you're... and if it does matter, I can also look back and go, well, I did a lot of important interviews about like mental health and vaccine danger. So like on the karma side, I'm like, I'm doing, I'm doing good by the Lord. <laughs> but yeah, if it's all for nothing, I'm also going to fucking play video games. And when I mean, when, for me, when I say that, cause I do believe, but, um, when I say it's not for nothing, meaning that we make everything mean something. And instead of just kind of enjoying while we're doing this world, enjoying this incarnation. Life, yeah. Like what we're doing in this life instead of, you know, and maybe, um, I don't know. I, this is where I get like in my super, um, crazy stuff that people, if they were listening to be like, what yeah, is she talking them. about now? Um, no, but like, it's this idea of like, what if my, um, and I never really had this belief. Again, it was something that happened after um, Woody had died. I, um, and I don't know if I've ever told you the story, but do you know who Wayne Dyer is? He's like Deepak, like he's kind of one of the big um, self-help kind of guys. Anyways, you should look him up. I think like the power of intention, etc. Anyways, I had never, I did not know him. And I, with going back to my organization that I had started, Free Arts, um, somebody, one of the executive directors like, hey, somebody wants to be on the board. Can you go meet her? And I'm like, sure. And Woody at this point had already died. So I go and have, um, I go have drinks with her and then to see if she wanted to be on the board. And I was telling her about a really great book I'm reading called The Power of Intention. And she goes, that's my dad. I'm like, come on. He lives in Hawaii. And she goes, no, that's my dad. And so fast forward, I have, and he has since passed away and I've, I have, I mean, he was a huge, I was a huge fan of his and vice versa, but I had spent a lot of time with Wayne Dyer and he would always say to me, um, he'd be like, well, you know, Kim, you and Woody kind of chose this. He had a very different philosophy about life, right? And about our journeys. And he grew up, I mean, he had a horrible kind of child, like, or what people would say was a horrible childhood, right? And his dad left him and then he had to live in a foster home. So he talks about a lot how it was because of all of his childhood that left, led him on to be one of these leading inspirational speakers. And he'd be like, Kim, you know, you and Woody chose this. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure I did not choose to like have my husband. He goes, no, you did. And then you start thinking about it in that kind of way, right? of did we, and is this all part of like something that's greater that we can't even explain? Even like us connecting or, you know, like how you even start, like everything, like when you just start going down those paths, like it is pretty interesting. And it also is 
one of those things where you start thinking of, about things differently. And maybe it's that shift in how you look when things are dark or when somebody comes in your life that you're like, what was that all about? But maybe it wasn't about that. It was about where it took you, right? And so I think it's just one of those things. It's a good, interesting way to look at life. Um, and I guess, you know, in the end of the, at the end of the day, we all get to choose how we look at something or experience something because it's just a thought, right? It, you know, you could go this direction. You can go this, have this thought. At the end, it's, we get to choose. We don't get to choose sometimes when things happen to us, but we do get to choose how do we respond or what are the thoughts or how do we look at things? I do. <clears throat> I'm, I'm kind of on board with him and it's a tough pill to swallow, but yeah, more and more so I, I think that we do choose this life because I mean, I look at how difficult some classes were in college, but I chose them. I went to the gym today. Nobody put a gun on my head. I went and did push-ups and pull-ups and sit-ups and bench press. It's painful. You know, I could lay around. You didn't need to choose it, right? You didn't have to choose it. You could have chose, you could have done something totally different. Like, so is there. But I did a challenge and despite it being painful, when it was finished, I was happy. So Mm -hmm. is this life just a workout? And, you know, my workout, it's 30 minutes of my day. It's really nothing. Well, if you're some eternal being, what's 80 years? It's a workout. I'm going to go into that life, lose a brother to suicide. Uh, get into medical school, not go, do graphic design, then stop, start a podcast, still have <laughs> intermittent funny. panic attacks, and I don't know, what, what else can I fucking throw in there? And I don't know. But through all of it, despite it being hell, on the other side, like, yeah, you're like, I'm stronger now. So part yeah. of it is like, and then it's back to what you said is, and then who gives a shit, even if that's not true? If that's how I frame it in my mind, that makes the day a lot easier where I go, hey, you gave yourself that panic attack yesterday. What? Yeah. It's a workout. What was the point of the workout? Who cares yeah. if it's not objectively true? Who gives a shit? But it's you get – yeah, so I love um, – oh, my God, did we come – Full circle on this. We came full um, circle to the panic attack, laying in bed, stuck, <laughs> frozen in bed. In a, no, in but a it's such cycle. a good, like, it's such a good, um, yeah, like, I don't know. This is. I think we we came full circle. I think we should. And it's, by the way, it's 315. I was supposed to let you go five minutes ago. So we'll wrap oh, this no, up. Oh, I, no, I'm good. I just um, texted. But, Told no, this up. was, I feel like we did the full. We, the, the big circle, circle. and start finish and, there, and we didn't even and we didn't even get to the psychiatric drugs and violence psychiatric drugs we'll, and i think violence, we've been trying but, to for the last three we'll get there we'll get there when we're meant to get there yeah you know what i kind of feel it but um <laughs> i have been just so you know i've done i've been putting it's kind of my new vision what i want to see get added is we need to get these black box warnings there's so much mess out at the fda we need people to be like investigating this but it really comes back to the same thing we've been asking for on all of this stuff whether it's the antidepressants and suicide initially whether it's the um the vaccines i just was asked to for some quotes on the COVID vaccine it still comes back to the same 
it's all the same kind of issue that we're seeing. Mm. So we'll, we'll get there, but um, I think this conversation was meant for us to have today. Well, even in the conversation, there's like a lesson in today's episode. It came full circle beautifully and perfectly. And we had no intention of doing that. And we didn't set out oh. beforehand and go, all right, let's, let's have a really long convoluted conversation and then try to come back to the starting. No, it just magically, yeah, like a, like a puzzle piece, just everything like Tetris It all just. Yeah, it was super like, honestly, it, there is something when you think about it, we, this was not even remotely what we were going to No, but you then start to see, this is just a tiny, tiny example. But right. you do start to see examples of you're like that. There is some law going on, no different than gravity or Newton's laws. We, we, you and I just call it magic because we don't have a, a word for it. But there is something that is like reproducible. This has happened. Mm -hmm. this, this, like these episodes, have happened like two, three hundred times, where it's like mm. they just, it's like a key just unlocking. It happens all the fucking time. To the point where it's like, that wasn't a one-off, man. Like, there is, you know, you make fire and you're a caveman. You go, that's magic. After, like, a couple years and you teach your son and your son, and for 10 generations, you guys are like the fire clan. Eventually, you go, yeah, I don't know what it is, man, but it's not magic. Like, it is. You give me a rock and I'll fucking make the fire. Like, it is a thing. I can't explain it. I'm a caveman. But, dude, it does exist. And you don't have to like it. But it's great. It's warm. We can cook shit on it. That's kind of how I view, like, the quote-unquote magic of pursuing goals it's like yeah man you can laugh at it you can roll your eyes at it uh it's real it puts u.s dollars in my bank account call it whatever the fuck you want man it pays my rent mm -hmm. that's about it. I, how does it get more it pays for my groceries it literally keeps me alive it gives me food water and a place to sleep that's as real as anything so i don't know um we will get to the topic eventually i don't know when and we won't force it, but it will happen. Mm -mm. We it will happen eventually. Um, but yeah, guys, go yeah. to the description, check out Miss Kim Witzak, and amazing. Um, we will. Get I do a lot of things, so I'm not just like clearly. I'm not just the drug safety advocate. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's yeah. It's, it's about being human. I love that's why I love about this, um, like our conversations because it actually, and I'm not going to start it, and it'll be my last kind of <laughs> thought because I know we'll go again. Um, it's all of that. It's still like distilling down to what the core essence is. And, and I think that's what I'm trying to do in, in all of my work, right? Mm -hmm. Is to kind of distill what is it that's really important, especially in the world that we're in. And it's about seeing ourselves. Mm. And I think, so anyways, it all makes sense to me. I don't know where it's going to go, but it's all starting to make sense. Yeah, I have no idea where it's going to go, and it's still terrifying. Yeah. But I'm just going to keep walking towards it. It's terrifying. Yep. I don't know where it's going. It's it's a bridge in the dark, and I can only see 10 feet ahead of me. And I'm like, well, it's still there. On either side of me is a 10-mile drop. But the yep. bridge keeps forming, so I'm going to keep walking. Keep I don't walking. know where it's going. The bridge might break any second. Yep. But fuck it. Whatever. I'm going to keep... Who cares? It's so. it's fun. It's entertaining. It's better than a cubicle. Like, I'm going to keep walking on the bridge. Yeah, totally. That's my life. Way better than a cubicle. Um, Way better. Kim, let's wrap this thing up. All right. Thank you so Sounds much for good. your time. That was fun as hell. 
Sorry. Yeah, for it was my, super fun. Sorry for my unholy language. You are you are the balance to my swear yeah. words. I need to get better at not swearing. I well, you make me comfortable to swear too. Okay, beautiful. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I always try to do that. Right. I always try to. But yeah, well, you can say whatever you want. Like, can I, I say that's frick? what like, I. Here's yeah. the deal. It's authentic. It's authentic yeah. to you, and that's what matters. And that's at the end of the day, we need to live authentically to ourselves. My mom will never accept it, but. I've accepted. Yeah, my mom wouldn't either, but you I've, know, I've accepted that's that her my, issue. <laughs> I've accepted that my mom won't accept it. So. Right, <laughs> totally. <laughs> All right, Kim, thank you so much right. for your time. Please, guys, go into the description. Please go check her out. Check out her work, and um, yeah, till next time, Kim. Thank you so much, guys. Sounds thank great. you for watching. Recording God bless. Stopped. Stay safe. Peace.